Zeros. Thank you for tuning in to Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that knows the coughing's probably a bad sign. Ooh, it's appropriate. Sure is. <laughs> it got to be so appropriate that it's just kind of sad. <laughs> Apropos, as they say. My name's Joe, and I brought with me three people that are like me to talk yeah. to you about... Yeah. <laughs> See? That's a good one, right? To talk to you about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And their names are Corey. The podcast that hit puberty is dumb puberty is a man. <laughs> Sequel. The podcast that likes to drink egg creams and likes to fight Nazis. That's the one I wrote down that so one of you was going to pick. <laughs> That's the one you should have went with. Can confirm. He did write it down. Second I heard it, I was like, that's not my bet, but it's one of theirs. <laughs> <laughs> and, if you listen to the show religiously, you might have heard this man before, but it's our friend DM Mitch from the... Do you want to be Dungeon Masters Block? Do you want to be Block Party Podcast Network? Yes. Course? Our friend Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast that can float through the air when they smell a delicious pie. There was one that was said, and I'm pretty sure it was where they were like, swinging through the trees that I loved and I almost wrote it down in the moment but I didn't want to be that guy that like takes out my phone and usually if I'm like in a movie all by myself that's what I do but there were just too many people around me to do it I can't remember it now yeah I couldn't remember it as soon as the movie ended I was like I hate everything (laughs) I can't remember it either so that's unfortunate yeah like I said we're here to talk to you about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse which just came out but before then we've been watching other stuff not in the theater, or sometimes in the theater. And, Mitch, you ready? Yeah. All right. What'd you see? So, I got to see Mortal Engines in theaters. Ooh. How was that? How bad was that? I really, really wanted to like it. <laughs> um, every time I see Peter Jackson's name on something, I get excited. Uh, and I'm kind of at that point where I have to tell myself, I think, don't get excited. Okay. I've talked to Corey about this already, like, but... Yeah, I think the problem is, ever since Lord of the Rings, every Peter Jackson movie has been focused so much on the setting, uh, and it hasn't focused on story or character development. Those have been two huge flaws which make the movie not great. The setting of Mortal Engines is beautiful. The shots, the cinematography is great. If you could go in and just watch like certain scenes, like the chase scenes and things, you'd have a blast, but overall, it... I was left wanting. It was it was not great. So that's exactly the impression I got based on the trailer. Yep. I was like, "This looks beautiful." All the dialogue and acting is probably real bad. That's about that's about <laughs> what it was, unfortunately. So uh, I've also been watching on Netflix a TV show that I would a game show TV show that I would describe as both super fun and super stupid. Uh, it's called Release the Hounds. It's a British game show. I've never and heard of guys, it. Add it, add it to the list. list. It is Montgomery very stupid, but very fun. Is it exactly what it sounds like? It's a horror game show. So they go to different locations around... I would I would imagine it's around Britain that they go to. Um, they bring in people that don't know what game show they're going to be on. They just Love know it. they're going on TV. And then they need to compete in three different challenges. So the first challenge, not that scary. The second challenge... It, nighttime hits, so you're in the woods at night, which is a huge fear of mine. Plus, then they throw in o- other elements, and then the third challenge is even darker and even usually creepier. 
but the thing is, as you go through these challenges, you have three people on your team, and after each challenge, you need to choose someone to leave with the first key. You get keys for the challenge and try to complete the task that gets you the money, which is running from the hounds, dogs that are trained to chase you down and rip the backpack of money off of your back. And it is pretty fun and pretty fantastic. Of course they play it out. They say, if the dogs catch you, we'll never see you again. And you know these are very well-trained dogs that are only going after the backpack and not the people. But, you know, they're, they're trying to make this show more interesting. It's stupid, it's fun. <laughs> Sounds like such an extreme version of Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> yeah. My goodness, that's a callback. Now that you say it, I see exactly what you're saying. A little bit. You know, those temple guards are just play some vicious beasts. Yeah. <laughs> well, quote These unquote, dogs vicious. are much faster than those temple guards. True. Those temple guards didn't actually run anywhere. They, they <laughs> just kind of were hidden in. They just popped up. Yeah. You well, just kind of ran into in the midsection. Those you had to give them your <laughs> The scary thing in Legends of Hidden Temple is that one room where you have to like stand there and pull the thing over your shoulders, um, and then forty percent of the time, the temple guard would you. grab you through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. All right. Sequel. What'd you watch? I watched a few movies. Wrote them all down. He's going to the paper. I watched two Christmas movies. Arthur Christmas. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Slowly climbing up the list of one of my favorite Christmas movies. Like it's not Arthur the Aardvark. Okay. okay. <laughs> is it the British? Yes. Okay. I've seen. Yeah. I've seen. I've I seen love it. it. I don't remember it. The, the, the original, not the Russell Brand one. No, 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 no. This is a different Arthur. I'm thinking. Okay. Of? So this is an animated movie. Oh, okay. I've seen the Russell Brand one, but I think it was just called Arthur. I don't no, it was just it. called Arthur. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> okay. It's, it's an not anima- a Christmas movie. Animated movie. It is British. Um, it's about Arthur Christmas is Santa Claus's son. Santa Claus's two sons, Steve and Arthur. Love it. Santa Claus is about to retire, or so we think. Arthur is like the the black sheep of the family. <laughs> they they give him an unimportant job, and he has no desire to be Santa Claus, but he loves Santa Claus. And Steve is like COO of the North Pole. The, the this Santa, sounds so familiar. They made they made this into a real movie. I think Vince Vaughn is like one of the. That's Fred yes, Claus. That's yes. Fred Claus. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> It's a little different. And he's um, brothers, I think. He's not, yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. like son. Santa Slight is like this ginormous spaceship that takes up like almost the whole sky, but like blends in with the night sky for like stealth mode to deliver presents. Elves come down on like zip lines, like ninjas and sneak. It's so well done and well crafted, and the story is amazing. <laughs> I give it six stones. Wow. Great recommendation. Go, go out and see it if you can find it. I had to, I had to rent it. But uh, that's it's a Blu-ray, definitely worth uh, getting. That was going to be my question if it was streaming anywhere. I guess not. No, no, I rented it through Xbox. I like the movie a lot, though. 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well earned. Second Christmas movie I watched is Love Actually. Never seen it. Classic. You've never seen Love Actually? Nope. You would like it a lot. Okay. I think, right? Joe would like it. I would think so. Right. I like movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm surprised it, you like it as much as you do. Ah, uh, it's such great um, storytelling. It is good story, but it's like it to me. It's like the Christmas chick flick. It's a chick flick, and like you, you I know that's just not your. That's not no, generally. I, I thing. like all movies. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't discriminate by genre, but uh, no, it's 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 well told. It's an intertwining story. Again, it's also British. I think Great Britain makes the best Christmas movies. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Jingle all the way isn't Britain. <laughs> 
Christmas wow. Carol. The good ones are usually have a British actor or two in there. But it's it's a well done. It's an ensemble cast. Um, Alan Rickman, Kira Knightley, Andrew Shepard. It's weird seeing Rick Grimes before it became Rick Grimes. Yes, oh, really weird. That's the one thing about that movie. It, it's almost hard to go back to. Because he's sitting outside, he hits the play button, he's showing the cards. Yeah, that's a beautiful and scene. It is, it's a gorgeous scene. But I can't, it, it's hard for me to take it seriously. I'm like, is the zombie going to like eat his face right now? Like, is that about to happen? Um, that was it for Christmas movies. Corey, I watched a movie you watched a few weeks ago, The Game. Yes. That's a weird movie. It is a very weird movie. It's uh, David Fincher. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, it's, uh, it's a rich, rich man gets, um, his brother buys him... I guess a subscription to this game where things are going to happen to him. and he, It's a crazy serious version of Game Night. Pretty much, yeah. It's a super, super serious version of the movie Game Night. Yeah, it came out like 20 years before Game Night. Um. <laughs> yeah, but like, just, I'm just saying like conceptually, like if you're trying to wrap your head around like what this movie is about, it's it's a very similar thing. The whole time you can't tell if it's in his head, if the company's really trying to screw with him, who's in on it, who's not in on it. Keeps you guessing to the end. It is kind of stupid, though, the way it wraps up. The Mexico thing is a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Mexico thing is a problem. I don't know how much money this organization has to, like, set that up. It doesn't matter. Hmm? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Why would it matter? He has... If a ninety nine percent of people, I'm conf- I will confidently say ninety nine percent of people just shut down and die in the middle. No, of the no, no, they'll they'll get him out. I guess he's with somebody at all times. If you like rewatch the movie, there's somebody there. He's never by himself. Oh. And everybody that you like, you see like on the street, is at the party, so they're all in on it. Spoiler alert! But it came out twenty years ago. I have no sympathy. <laughs> it's true. He has none. No, ever. No. I watched The Firm. Have you guys ever seen that? Who's in that? Tom Cruise. Maybe. I don't... I can't... can't Definitely not. Confirm. I don't think so. You guys would like it. It's kind of ridiculous also, and it's a little long. It's like two two and a half hours. But uh, Tom Cruise just joins a law firm in Memphis right out of law school. This sounds like exactly the kind of movie you would love. And he is a... He finds out The Firm is a front for the mob. Interesting. And the FBI tasks him with exposing the firm, but to do that, he has to then turn on the mob. He has to turn over files, which will violate attorney-client privilege, and he'll get disbarred. So he has to figure out a way <laughs> to do that without getting disbarred. <laughs> it is very interesting. I have a major problem with it. I said Wilford Brimley yes. is the main antagonist. And there is a scene that is a foot race between Wilford Brimley and Tom Cruise. That's amazing. You're not buying. <laughs> Wilford Brimley's never going to catch this. He's guy. got wheels, man. <laughs> and lastly, I watched a movie called The Bridges of Madison County, which is probably the least manliest movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> which one? The Bridges of Madison County. Love it. Did you love it? I did. It was really good. It's it, such a good movie. It kept me like interested to the very end. I, you get a little misty there too. It's uh, I guess it's by design. That is that is definitely right in my wheelhouse. But you had a uh, Clint Eastwood directed, starred in with mm-hmm. Meryl Streep. I don't. I'm not a big Meryl Streep fan. I but like watching this movie, I'm like wow, I get it. Like you, you're brilliant in everything you do. But I'm never like oh Meryl Streep's in this movie. I have to see it. But like after this, I might start doing that. 
I can name like two movies now that Meryl Streep is in. Yes, you can. I think you name more than this that. one, and she's in the Post, right? She's yep. in the Post. She's in That's the it. Post. That's all I know. She's stuck <laughs> on you. The Devil Wears Prada. Uh, Never seen it, never seen it. Kramer vs. Kramer. Um, I've heard of that one. Sophie's Choice. Sophie's Choice. I've heard of that too. Deer Hunter. Nope. I've heard of it. Just go. Just rewatch that episode of The Office. (laughs) I actually just did. Very recently. (laughs) Uh, I finally got... I I just want to apologize, Pam. Oh, we finally finished the movie, huh? Yep. Meryl Streep was the bad guy. Who would have guessed that? Didn't see it coming. Total (laughs) plot twist. Total plot twist. (laughs) He's probably going to try to kill me. <laughs> so his choice. Yeah. He's going to try to kill me. <laughs> million Dollar Baby. Yeah, it's Million Dollar Baby. baby. Uh-huh. That's it for me, Joe. What have you been watching? Ooh, I watched. First of all, I went to the theater, and I'm finally the last person to have seen A Star Is Born. Nope. No. All right. Me neither. Apparently, everyone else I, I thought had seen it. I've not seen it in yet. the world. Like it's it's a really good movie. It did not. At all. I've, apparently, it's, this is like the third time it's been remade. Yes. I had no idea about the story, and what I thought was going to be the story was not the story of the movie at all. I thought Bradley Hooper was going to be her manager, and they're just like friends, and he's guiding her. But no, they're just in love with each other. So it's interesting. There's one scene in it that my parents saw this movie too, and my mom said she can't look at Bradley Cooper the same way anymore <laughs> after having seen that scene. She will never look at him the same again. Did <laughs> we do something bad? It's cringeworthy. It's really bad. Yeah, it, it's 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 something that if someone you knew did it, you'd be like, "Ooh, I feel for you." It's like think of the Steve Harvey Miss America moment. Okay, and then multiply it by worse. a million. Yeah. <laughs> Does he call her the wrong name in bed? No. I mean, that's a private moment between two. This people. was a very public this moment. Is a very public display. Oh! Oh no! <laughs> Oh. But otherwise, it's a very good movie. <laughs> They're both really good in it. Yes. And Lady Gaga is a very pretty lady when she looks yeah, like a person. Yeah, when she doesn't look like a clown. <laughs> yeah. I think she's pretty good looking when she does look like a clown, to be honest. But, but in, like, I plain... Yeah, no, no, that's... when she's just, like, looks like... Like that that, uh, that Christmas commercial where she's singing the song that everybody is up in arms over with... Um... Baby, it's cold outside. Yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No, 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 no. There's a commercial. Oh, is that... Joseph Gordon-Levitt? No, it's not. Well, she she sang with Joseph Gordon-Levitt this year. There was a commercial. There's a red dress. There's a commercial that she was in with some like super famous singer that I can't remember. Michael Bublé. Nope. Bing Crosby. Nope. Didn't think so. Weird Al. (sighs) I wish (laughs) that would be awesome. That's that's a song I would buy. I can't remember who it is, but it's like one of her friends who's like a very well-known like older generation singer. Um. And she's just in regular dress there, and she's yeah, she is. She's quite an attractive woman, and a hell of an actress. Yeah, right. That was like. Is this her first acting? Is this her acting debut? I think it's, her first I think it's at least a big one. She was in American Horror Story. Yeah. You know that? I forgot. I almost forgot about that. She has a shot at EGOT, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Oscar and Tony. Tony. <laughs> Does she? Do, is she anywhere near a Tony yet? No, no but she's like she's going to be. Yeah, I think she has. She has, definitely has a Grammy. I think she got an Emmy for American Horror Story. I feel like she did. Or this was discussed on a podcast that we love, and yep. I thought they found out that that wasn't the case. She didn't get an Emmy. That she did not. Get I don't an think Emmy. so. I think that's what they found out. Yeah. Anyway, that was a Star Is Born. Yep. Uh, the other movies I watched, I watched It's a Wonderful Life because my girlfriend's never seen it. I can't it's a believe it. Great that. movie. That movie is phenomenal. 
it's in like probably my top twenty of movies. Mm. It's just it gets is me it, every time. The beginning and the end is I'm it, inconsolable. I is can't. the beginning too? The beginning. It's so it's like the opening. They're happy tears. Like okay. with the with the pharmacy. Oh, I guess his ear slapped back by the druggist. He saves the guy. Yeah, he does. Have they he remade that? Movie? No, 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 no. They shouldn't. But yeah, they should I'm never surprised touch that. that they haven't. Yeah, it's because that one still holds up so well. Yeah. Still, yeah. Even like the, the comedy in that movie is still funny. It's still good. I've seen it at least five or six times. Is it number one Christmas for you? Oh, easily, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, if it's top, I, I assume yeah, so. Yeah. If it's top 20, period. There's not it's another Christmas movie in there. <laughs> yeah, there can't be another Christmas movie. <laughs> They're all Christmas It's very movies. rare that I like a Christmas movie. Yes. So good. If you, if for some reason you haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life yet, it's on Amazon Prime in both color and black and white versions. Do yourself a favor. I don't think I'd ever them. watch it in color. I've, seen I've never watched it in color. I would only ever watch it in black and white. The house, the colors of the inside of the I'm house. Sure, it's so weird. It's yeah, it's very like bright blue. It's <laughs> it's, it's interesting. To say it's it's yeah. like when they put Queens Boulevard in color. That's an entourage thing. Nobody got that. Someone out there got it. <laughs> and the last thing I watched was Boogie Nights. Have you ever seen it before? Nope. Never Did seen you like it before. It? It's a very weird movie. It is very weird. It's good, but it's really weird. <laughs> Everyone is so young that I know now. Mark Wahlberg, John C. Riley, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. I had no idea who was going to be in it. I was like, is that, is that Philip Seymour Hoffman? <laughs> Rest in peace, big guy. We miss you. It's come along. He came a long way since that movie. So the ending shot in Boogie Nights. It's they, weird. They call that the, uh, the 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 shark shot because like you go through. Oh, like in Jaws. Like in Jaws, you go through like most of the it's movie without seeing, seeing the shark, and then. You go through most of the movie hearing about this, but then you finally see it. You're like, huh, all right. Yeah. I like that one. It's a good movie. It's pretty good. And it's on. that's also on Amazon Prime. I'm pretty sure that's where I watched it, not Netflix. Yeah, Amazon Prime. Corey, did you go? I did not. Corey, what did you watch? Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped right over here. No, no, it's quite all right. Honestly, it's going to be a very short little section. I have not had as much time to watch things last week. Um, the only thing um, that's worth mentioning... Is I rewatched the first Hellboy because it's on Netflix. And and, it's great. You know, it was me and me and the wife were about to go to bed, and we just had to throw something on. And I couldn't sleep on Sunday night. I can't sleep on Sunday nights any, anymore, apparently. <laughs> so I ended up watching all of it, and uh, I still really enjoy that movie. It's a great movie. Although great. I will say, having because we had j- relative what like a month ago, a month and a half ago, we did watch the second one. Yeah, we did the Golden Circle, a Golden Army. Circle, uh, yeah, right. Different movie. Uh, we did the Golden Army. They they did a lot of work to make Hellboy look more believable in the second one, and uh, that was for the better. Like I didn't realize how cartoony and fake Ron Perlman looked in the makeup in the first one until I watched it again, like so close to each other. Like it, his face is smooth, super like cartoonishly smooth. It's like, okay, that's clearly a mask. Like, it looks, it, like, looks like a latex mask. Whereas, and by the time they get to the Golden Army, it, like, has, like, the face has texture to it, so it looks more like actual skin. Um, they had more money. Yeah. Yeah. By the, by everything <laughs> they've done in the second movie, they had more oh, money. Oh, sure. Um, but beyond that, I mean, it was still really, really good. And Rob Holman's awesome. And I just started watching a show on Netflix called uh, Nailed It. 
Oh yeah! Oh. I just watched an episode today. Holy shit! My my assistant principal. We were doing my coaches meeting two weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm just tired. I always do my podcast on Tuesday nights, so I'll be okay." And he's like, "Oh, what do you do the podcast on?" And so that got us down the road of like movies and onto Netflix. And this is what I do in my coaches meetings. It's phenomenal. But he's like, "Oh, you need to watch Nailed It." I was like, "What is Nailed It?" He's like, "It's a baking show with non-professional bakers." So it's like they get this super hard professional thing to bake, and then with like their like I make cakes at home level of skill, have to try and replicate it. Holy shit! Some of the results are hysterical and phenomenal. It is awesome. Do yourself a favor. The twenty-minute episodes. Just watch one. Just watch one or two. The host is out of this world crazy. It's like if we had a big off. <laughs> yeah, she's super fun. Uh, they have like a special guest that's like um, somebody who's relatively famous every week, mm-hmm. apparently. So if you guys watch Magic for Humans on Netflix yet, yep. yes. he, was a ho- he was a guest host on one of the shows. He was the host from Cupcake Wars, so that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually make that. They She makes, the person makes that joke. It's like, it rhymes with schmupcake schmores. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is schmupcake schmores? No, now that you say cupcake wars, <laughs> I suddenly get it. So, that I could help. Yeah, thanks, bud. You got it. That's honestly, that's all I've been watching. And that's what we've all collectively been watching. Let's do the movie facts for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is called That. It came out this year, 2018, if you're keeping track at home. It's rated PG, and it's one hour and 57 minutes long. It is three directors, so I'm not going to list anything they've directed... The, their, the director's names are Bob, it's either Parachetti or Paraschetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman. So, independent study if you want to know what they've what else they've directed, because I had to write a lot for cast. <laughs> yeah. I saved some uh, writing power. The movie stars the voice talents of Shamik Moore, Jake Johnson, Haley Steinfeld, Marshala Ali, Brian Tyree Henry, Lily Tomlin, Luna Lauren Velez, John Mulaney... Nicholas Cage, Liev Schreiber, Kimiko Glenn, Catherine Hahn, Zoe Kravitz, and Chris Pine. It was budgeted for $90 million. So far, in about four or five days, it's made $58 million. $38 million domestic. I think it'll get there. It's like the highest December animated opening ever. The scores for the movie, Rotten Tomatoes got it at 97%. Certified fresh. The audience is right there at a 95%. IMDb, 8.8 out of 10, and the first time ever, Metacritic score is an 87, and the user score is an 8.7. Wow. Whoa, (laughs) Metacritic. Strong consensus here. Fixing its algorithm over here. One movie at a time. And those are the facts I have for you for the movie. Let's do our general spoiler-free thoughts of it before we get into all the nitty-gritty specifics. Corey, what do you think? I had very low expectations going into this movie, partially because of how hype it was, Um, I've always found that when I buy into the hype of movies that isn't, like, just, like, internal hype, they always seem to let me down. But considering that, this movie did not let me down. This is a fun movie. Top to bottom, the story's compelling, the characters are great. Overall, just a really, really good animated movie. Mitch, how'd you feel? Very similar uh, to Corey going in. The trailers did not excite me. Before you asked me to do the podcast on this, I had no intention of seeing this in theaters. I heard the hype, but I'm used to 
being in a time where every Marvel movie that comes out gets the hype, oh, it's the best, it's the best. Then somebody who uh, I know really well, a good friend of mine, told me that they thought this was better than Spider-Man Homecoming. And he's not the kind of person that usually speaks that highly about a movie unless it is really good. And still wasn't very excited going in, but wow, this was... This was not even for an animated movie. This was just an amazing, amazing, fun, humorous, and sometimes dark and emotionally compelling movie. Sequel, what what about you? This is the best Spider-Man movie I have ever seen, and it's not even (laughs) close. Wow. Not even close. And I'm so excited to see where they go with this in the future. I'm right there with you. This is the Spider-Man movie I've always wanted. I finally got it. I don't care that it's animated. It covers all the bases from comedy to... It does get dark and and realistic. Especially for a PG movie, I was really surprised how just well done this was. Like, the hype was so high for me, not personally, but just I've heard from everybody how good it was, and I think it still exceeded my expectations for it. Now that we've given so much away... (laughs) Let's go into the spoiler part. So, you've been warned, if you haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse yet, we're about to talk about all the things that happened in it. This is your last chance to get out spoiler-free. Don't leave, like, forever. Just hit pause and then come back after you've seen it. Please. And let's get into it starting right now. So let's get the gripe out of the way. Okay. Because I don't know that we're going to get too many of them, so let's just get it out of the way now. I got used to it as the movie progressed. But the first 10-15 minutes of this movie gave me a wicked headache because they do this thing where some things are in focus and some things are out of focus and in a world where 3D movies exist, I legitimately thought we were sitting in the wrong theater and we were mm-hmm. supposed to be sitting in a 3D theater. Like the way that the the color palette and the color play works, it looks like it's a, you're supposed to be wearing 3D glasses in the theater and when you are sitting in a 3D thing without 3D glasses, it hurts your head. So it hurt my head for, like, the first 15 minutes. I kind of got over it. But I don't know if that was an intentional choice. I don't know if that was our theater. It's be- it's because of the dimensions thing. That's why they did that. That was on purpose. Oh, God. Well, I they- guess that's what you're talking about. Because didn't, it didn't give me a headache at all. So I had no idea what you guys were talking about with, like, a headache and being out of focus and stuff. I just immediately thought that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to flash and make everything all... Like discombobulated. That's not what we're talking no, about. No, no. Oh, so then what are you talking about? We're talking yeah, about the all that, different levels. Yeah. I feel like Corey, you were bothered the most by it. Like, yeah. painfully bothered. Sequel, you really didn't like it. I could. I noticed it. And I didn't Joe notice, didn't notice it at all. I couldn't tell if it's just because I have bad eyesight. If, if that that was the case or not. Part of the reason it bothered me was because it's inconsistent. It was. It, sometimes it's in the foreground and the background sharp. Sometimes it's because of movement. Sometimes because of movement. Sometimes the background is sharp and the foreground is flat. It's, it, it was all over the place, but I, I got used to it. Again, I think it was our theater because I can't find a single article about it. I mean, I'm willing to go see this movie again in theaters. Yeah. So I'll go yeah. to a different theater and see it again, and I'll let and you hopefully know. hopefully not get a headache. But yeah, so if, if you've ever been in a 3D movie, and you've taken off your glasses for a second and looked at the screen... That's kind of how it looks. That's... Yeah. And it was... I can... You know, really? if I'm wrong, yeah. but there were... It was never everywhere on the screen. No, it, it was, was like it was, it certain areas yeah. of the screen, so it was kind like, of confusing. Like, Miles Morales would be super sharp in, like, the mid-ground, but... The foot of whoever was standing, yep. like in the foreground, like you'd only see, like, yeah, like you'd only see like his like 
from like thigh down and all of that would be like slightly out of focus again as if you were taking your glasses off in a 3D movie which again lent me to be like, like start to think that maybe we were in maybe the wrong we the theater wrong and I well, think did we, didn't we say this weren't there three people there were in the 3D, theater there were 3D glasses set up too outside yeah. the little stands and I was like is this a 3D showing yeah was it a stand to take or was it the, the disposal I think it was the disposal it was a disposal but bin there is yeah. no way just in case everybody right now is listening there's no way that was a 3D no, movie no because no. I would have had a headache through the whole yeah, thing yeah like, I would have yeah, I would have seen the 3D movie before yeah. that was not a 3D movie no 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 yeah. it definitely was not so it, and it was just it was just throwing me off for the first fifteen minutes of the movie, but again, once you get past it, and again, it could have just been a theater thing. I think when it's you theater. when you get in when you get into the meat of this movie, it is a gorgeous story that they it is a gorgeous narrative that they spun. And let's piggyback off of that and the gripe about that, whether it is the theater or it's just the way that certain shots look, and say. And I think we can all agree the art style is different and it's really, really cool and kind of deep. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but if you've seen old comics, there was this coloration of it where there were little dots in the color. And that was 100% the way that they were making the look of the movie. So that's actually, that style is called pop art. There you go. Uh, it, I, I did a lot of work with pop art when I was in college, when I was finishing up my art history degree. Um, that, is, that is a style that was made popular by comic books, but ended up transitioning out. If you go to the MoMA, some of the m- most beautiful pop art you'll ever see. And that is the first thing I noticed when I saw this. The, the main story that we're, that we're telling is all done in pop art. And I think one of the things that they do brilliantly is when they pull in the different Spider-Men from the different universes, mm-hmm. they leave whatever animation style that would have been there, there. So you see this juxtaposition they between... Keep their own art styles, yeah. Yeah, yes. you see this juxtaposition between the anime art style and this... And Spider-Ham. Yeah. yeah. And Spider-Ham comments on it throughout right. the movie yeah, that yep. he is a cartoon. And yeah. Oh my god, his, like, it's, it's like a touch of... Like a little drop of fourth wall break. Yeah. Definitely did like a touch of fourth wall break here and there, and it was great. Um, so that was really cool, especially when you finally get them all assembled. Like they all stand so individually that it's like it, it really pulls the movie together in a lot of fundamental ways. I think the animation style is so good and it's so realistic when it wants to be. It's a game changer in the field. I feel. I feel Pixar was like ahead of the curve with everything. Because the other great animated superhero movie we got this year, Incredibles 2, I love the animation of that. Because if you watch the first one compared to the second one, it definitely, it, se- it seems more advanced. Which it should, because it's more than 10 years, years later. Yeah, 17 years later. This should be, this should like set the bar now. Okay, next time we want to get an animated superhero movie with the budget that, that, that was allotted to them, it's got to look better than this or similar to this. And since we're talking about like the fact that it's animated and how it's animated, and I think this is really relevant to just what you guys talked about on the podcast last week with the Hulk movie, yeah. uh, now, it's not just the animation that makes this movie great. That's one piece of the pie. It's story. It's everything. It's the casting, uh, which I was really concerned about going into. But, like, this was the best, not just best Spider-Man movie to, for some, but 
hands down the best Marvel animated movie ever made. Like, I mean, the bar was set not that not, high. Not that high. But, but leaps and bounds above. And this gives me hope for animated Marvel movies in the future. Is Big Hero 6 Marvel? Yes. Yes. It is. Okay. I would say this is better than Big Hero 6, but I love Big I would Hero say that, yes. If, <laughs> I forgot about Big Hero 6 being Marvel, so... Because I mean, it's different universe. universe. Yeah. When you think Marvel, you think... Spider-Man, X-Men, yeah. the Avengers... Yeah. When I when I when I say the word Marvel, that's what I mean generally. Forgetting that Marvel has other properties that aren't. Yeah, Big Hero things. Six is a Marvel I property. That. I forgot that entirely. Yeah, so I wouldn't even I wouldn't even put these two those two movies in the same ring together because I think that they're Which again two? Big Hero Six and Into the Spider Verse. Oh, okay. Into the Spider Verse still wins for me. Yeah. I mean, if I had to put them, if I had to put them really up against close. each other, it's, it's not a diss against really Big Hero close. Six. Yeah. But I just think it's too like. The story that Big Hero Six is trying to tell, it almost leans closer to like the story I imagine a Pixar movie telling. It's more of a realistic story, yeah. As opposed to this one is batshit crazy. Yeah, you you couldn't do this movie live action. No, not at all. It would be so bad. It yeah. would not turn out nearly as well as it did. This is the best use of a multi-universe, multi-dimensional aspect that we get in any form of media. I mean, the only thing that we we really have to compare it to as far as what we've done on the podcast is Flashpoint, right? Well, Flashpoint for animated, also Flashpoint they do in the TV yeah. series. Um, um, this is far and away better than Flashpoint. I, I enjoyed Flashpoint Paradox, but this is... The Flashpoint's really good. I think just, I'm, it's a step above. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's elevated... It, again, it's elevating a genre. It's creating almost a new genre. For sure. Big it, release... Animated superhero movies, and I think that like if it were if it were me if I was if I was one of the suits in the office talking about where we go from here I would I would lean into the fact that we picked an art style that people can recognize but don't know a ton about and do it again like not don't go don't go the pop art route again like pick a different one pick another popular comic book movie or comic book movie popular comic book art style and do a movie in that art style. Like, we've only ever seen... Like, Mar- like the Marvel animated movies that we've seen so far have all looked like the X-Men cartoons that we watched growing up. That style. Yes Yes and no. They're definitely upgraded graphically. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying they're not, they're not upgraded, but I'm, like, I'm saying like I can see that this is the art style and now they're just applying it with better computer processors so they can make more fine, like... Sure. More minute movements apparent. And this is, again, just so different. We can do... Like, they, they're proving the point that, like, it's it's proof of concept. You can do different art styles and make it work. They're taking on the Green Goblin. Wild. Crazy. That's that very interesting. Wild. Yeah, I, as a big comic book fan, seeing a lot of their takes on certain villains... I am really interested to know if it was completely an original take or if it's pulled from something. Goblin, uh, Doc Ock, uh, that was one that I was like, oh man, that's that's who that is? And then, who's the other one? Oh, and Scorpion, with, oh, Scorpion with, with the legs. Like, I've never seen that from... Scorpion is literally a torso with... Scorpion think, legs. Think, um... <laughs> Think Loveless from Wild Wild West, but better. I haven't thought about that movie. Mm. Wild Wild West or Wild Wild West in like 20 plus years. (laughs) (laughs) 
For good reason, I'm sure. <laughs> also, nobody even brought up Kingpin. He was Kingpin, amazing. I had left every single Everyone time. Was, was I was in the family fortress. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I'm like, he's massive. He's a block. Bulbous. How does he get in any building? Yeah. That's this, insane. He literally had to Kool-Aid out of that train <laughs> that he fought in at the end because I'm like, he can't leave a normal way. <laughs> no. He's like a giant square version of Gru from Despicable Me. It was Zero really neck, weird. No neck at yeah. all. And yet Zero we did no see him get no, out of that not only, did, did, not only did he not have a neck... His shoulders extended about <laughs> two feet above his head. Yeah. His head, it, it, if he was against a wall, it would look like a floating head. If he was against a black wall, it would look like a floating head. It was freaking weird. But it was great, because he's ridiculously big in the comics, and they just went, let's take it a step farther. Let's just Love it. You go with the big yet. Yes. <laughs> we'll show you big. Not only is he going to be big, he's going to look ridiculous. Yeah. And I that was the one. I can... I can imagine that there is a random Spider-Man comic where Green Goblin is kind of looks like a weird actual Green Goblin, and is it like a man in a goblin suit? I can imagine what there are. <laughs> yeah, but like this this particular like look of Fisk, I'm like, I need to find that comic where they pulled this from because that would just be hysterical. And I also just got done watching Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. Kingpin. I just finished Daredevil season three recently, so like this Fisk versus that <laughs> Fisk, it's like, whoo! I was kind of hoping for a Fisk more like that Fisk, just animated. Yeah, he's Be- so good because he looks so crazy, and no one has a second thought about it in the movie. Everyone just that's that's Fisk. That's, but Fisk. They that's the world they live Spider Ham very quickly, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He's from a different dimension. <laughs> Kingpin's from the regular dimension, but they the, but they live in that regular dimension where that's the Green Goblin and that's the yeah, Scorpion yeah. and that's the Prowler that they yeah. live with. I guess that broke my heart. The Prowler reveal broke my heart. Oh yeah, I kind of saw it coming. Yeah, I saw it coming as soon as he as soon as he went back to the as soon as he's in the apartment. Yeah, and you yeah, see the yeah. shadow. You're like, well, that's his uncle. Yep. Yeah, yep. His uncle. It Prowler didn't just happen to go to that apartment for no mm-hmm. particular reason, but that that. Even still, broke my heart. This movie, perhaps, but still could make an argument, besides Infinity War, I think is the Marvel movie that we've gotten with the greatest stakes and emotional punches besides Infinity War, I think, personally. Peter Parker dying like that, I did not see coming in an animated movie, and... I was like, I'm feeling this, man. Well, that's the first, yeah, that's the first 20 minutes of the it movie was, to have the big ceremony. It was that, quite that the choice. Me, yeah. And I mean, it, the fact the fact that two, two to five minutes before this Peter Parker dies, he, like, is up there and, like, calming Miles out and being like, oh, I see what this is. Give me, give me five minutes, I'll, I'll show you the ropes, we'll get, we'll get, yeah. we'll get you where you need to go. So we find, like, Almost immediately after, like, he's been terrified about what it is that's happening to his body. Miles, I should say. It's a puberty thing. Yeah, it's a puberty <laughs> thing. He, he's, like, freaking out about it. Finds somebody who's like him. The guy immediately, like, not even with a, with a second hesitation, is like, alright, I'm going to take you out of my way, I'm going to show you what's up. And then that gets ripped away from him just as quickly as it's there. Like, God, that sucks. And it's it's full of those moments. The reveal of the more most normal Spider-Man that comes from the other universe and just 
his backstory Peter is... Peter B. Parker. Yeah, is is dark. Yeah. Gwen tells her backstory. The moment where you see Aunt May see the other dimensions Peter Parker and has that, like, ghost on her doorstep moment. Mm-hmm. Even Kingpin, like, you find out why he's doing it. It's just, like, it was filled with emotional, like, punches to the gut. The part that got me the most emotionally was... Miles being webbed up in his dorm room and his yes. dad being on the other side oh of the door. Oh my god. Gosh. You just want him to answer your dad yeah. and he can't and he wants to and the dad sees the shadow moving. It's just, and the dad's heartbroken because his brother just died and Miles, yes. it's just, Someone oh my him. gosh. I expected him to like bang his head on the door so at least yeah. to let his dad know that he Knock heard him. over or something. Well the thing was like, <sighs> when his dad leaves, his dad does like a, not like the actual dot 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 dot, but like, Something kind of similar. Two knock. It's just a two knock, like a pop pop, and then he starts to walk away. I that's when I thought Miles was gonna like hit his head against the door mm-hmm. once or twice, be like dump dump, yeah, like, just something. That's what I expected to happen. Yeah, and and you know what though? And here's the thing: I don't know if Miles answers them anyways. If Miles isn't webbed up, does he answer? Yes. Yeah, I think so. You think so? Because I I don't I, I don't know. I saw it in his face. I feel like he wanted to answer, which is. I'm sure, really like, great that they were able to make me realize that through animation. Yeah, no, and, and that's the thing. Like, I think when you look when you look at him webbed up, there's a lot of other things that are taking place at that moment because he's webbed up. Like the things that led to well, things that lead to him being webbed up. Where if something had gone a little differently and he didn't need to get webbed up, and the other Peter Parker just leaves and doesn't web him up. He might be brooding still. Like, he might have a different reaction to that whole thing. Like, it's it's all of these things combined. So, I don't know if Parker's not restrained. I don't know that he... Oh, Parker. If Miles isn't restrained, I don't know that he answers. Well, if he isn't restrained, he's going to follow them no matter what. Yeah. So, he's not there to hear Dad. He's not there to hear Dad. If he... This, you got to think about where his mental state is. His crew, his new friends, his family, so to speak, that is going, going through... What he's going through, or have experienced what he's experienced, don't believe in him. They flat out tell him, you can't do this yet. You're not there yet. You're staying behind. He's going through this by himself. His uncle, who's probably the family member he was closest to, died in front of him. He is... He feels so abandoned. He's abandoned and alone, and he's a kid. And dad's there. He just wants to... You know he wants to bust out of there and give his dad a hug. He just... That, that part really I agree, 100%. I, it definitely got to me. I'm not saying that it didn't. I, it's just one of those things where I think that you can make a compelling argument either way. The spider the spider cave mm. leads to my only other gripe with this movie. It may being like... Alfred? Alfred. <laughs> I, 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 uh, See, I, I, I kind of love, love that. Bad, yeah. Badass Aunt May. I'm, I'm all about badass Aunt May. I'm all about Aunt May hitting Scorpion in the face with a baseball bat. I, I ref- nope. But I, I as Alfred, I don't like it. I and I'm you can you guys can all you want. I'm so in. This I, no. movie like starts out with we have Peter Parker, he dies. It kind of sets it up in the sense of like this is the Spider-Man universe that you know. We're going to pull these other Spider-Man from other dimensions that you don't know, but through the villains, through like all this all this stuff that happens, you realize, "Oh, this is not the clear-cut Spider-Man universe that I know." So to have Spider-Man have a spider cave and to have Aunt May know and know exactly where everything is and be able to show them all was not was not like anything that I was like bothered by. I was very cool with it. Her knowing that the spider cave is down there, 
her knowing how to get into it, I'm fine. It's when Miles goes back and she's sitting there with a cup of tea. Like, what took you so long? I, took, I love listen, that. It was great. The line is good. The line is good, but it leads me... It like She saw the heart of him. But like, what I'm saying is I. it led me to believe that she is the mastermind to making the goober, that she's the mastermind to no. making the different suits, and I'm like, no, no. If she was just... I, I'm, I'm totally fine with her sitting there with a cup of coffee like, what took you so long? I'm fine with that. She's not really Alfred. She's more a team member. Yeah. Peter told her... And she accepted Peter's responsibility and came alongside of him. That's what I read. And what else does you have it? to do? So no mastermind from that. Yeah. You have to go out and fight crime. You have these. It's, it's either knitting or she helps Peter. You yeah. know, knitting's boring sometimes. She might be knitting down in the cave while like like looking That's at. That's like, true. The she cameras. can do both. Um, going to your point about. Uh, them trying to set up that it's the Spider-Man we know. The first Peter Parker, or, like, what in the movie they go to, let's start from the beginning, like, mm-hmm. four times, which I actually really enjoyed. Especially at, yeah. especially at the end, when they have to, like, cram three of them in, I'm like, oh, God, I don't Great know if I can do three of these. Exposition. Yes, that was perfect, the way they did all three at the same yeah. time, yeah. because I was getting concerned, I'm like... I like this a lot. I really don't want to overuse this bit. Yeah, no. Mm. And 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 what they rule of three, three rule of three. And and the third, the what would have been the fourth time around, they they ended on a, on a funny joke because it's both Peter Parkers, right? And Spider Gwen, right? But at the end, you get Miles's. But I guess that's after everything. Yeah, and that's so it yeah. Really but then they take that joke and they make it into this hugely inspirational thing yeah. at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and when it's when it's the other three, where it's Spider Noir, um, Spider Ham, and Spider Ham and Penny Parker, Penny Parker yeah. and S D R R, yeah, R oh, R. Got it. I said I missed that part. Um, S P D R. I don't remember. I think it was. <laughs> but either way, they're like it's a long story, and it's like three quick, like one panel for each of them. Like, huh? Because yeah. it wasn't that quick. They're all speaking at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Oh God, it was great. But with the first time we see young Peter Parker, the one that dies, the the what we'll call the original universe is Peter Parker. Um, when we're listening to his Chris Pine, Peter Parker is that who that was? That's Chris Pine, yep. Oh, okay, is the Spider Man I always wanted. Yeah. That, that version of Spider Man. Wish he'd been in the live action movie. But he like he's walking around town in his spider suit doing. The ridiculous things that Tobey Maguire did in his trilogy. And Andrew Garfield. Yes. They did all the... Did they do the Andrew Garfield yep. one on they that, too? They did the falling thing in the, in the church. Oh, that's Amazing right. Spider-Man 2. I forgot about that. But they do the... Nobody talks about that, because yeah. he's, do, he's doing the dance in the street. Sometimes I do this. So great. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. Very reminiscent to Lego Batman, where they're poking fun at the old movies. Mm-hmm. Love it when they do that. Especially at the end. Not we'll take, get to that. Not taking themselves too seriously, and they can, they can roll up the punches. Well, and, and, and that's one of the things that they do really well with this movie in general is that finding that balancing act, right? So they don't lean into the comedy too much and they don't lean into the dark and serious too much. They keep it light and fun and it makes those light and fun moments make those high impact emotional moments feel like the stakes are so much higher. Like it's, you, you can't, unless you're trying to make a comedy, you need that that balance, and they balanced it really well. Yeah, the writing in this is tremendous. 
Um, such a good story. It's, it's a great story, and the dialogue between the characters it's, is great. It, it sings at certain moments. All the jokes hit. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's off. So to good. the point where now I'm just total gus on my part. John Mulaney is a funny comedian. Nicolas Cage is not known for his voice acting. Those are the two main characters we get. You don't see their mouths move. So I think they had a lot of like um, liberty to do kind of whatever they wanted, mm-hmm. especially Mulaney. Nick Cage, I just felt they probably... He, I'm sure he also got plenty of liberty. He's like, this is how I'm going to play. <laughs> right, but in, in terms of like, I bet you they said, all right, John, put a joke in here. And Nick Cage, read this line. Like, you don't have to match More up dead with... Pan. Yeah, you don't More deadpan. More deadpan. You don't have to match it <laughs> yeah. up with, you, with your character's mouse moving yeah, yeah. because it's not. Yeah. You know? That's true, yeah. And it was weird that Spider-Ham's nose... Looked like the original Spider-Man. The eyes, hmm. like the, like the original yeah, Spider-Man like, yeah. symbol, mm-hmm. like just the circle with the eyes, and it it, it 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 drew my my eye to his nose. Like I I could never take in Spider-Ham as a whole. I kept getting drawn to like the mini Spider-Man symbol in the middle. I was like, did they do that on purpose? If they did, they got me. <laughs> Nailed it. It's SP slash slash DR by the way, mm. the robot. They made me. They made me feel feelings for a fucking robot. Right? I was. Dude. How dare they? They introduced stakes. I mean, obviously by killing Chris Pine and Peter Parker, but they reintroduced stakes in a way that was still fun, but still made it feel like Very anything real. can happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. Which, which is nice because you know she's just going to make another robot. Of course, Thank but goodness. that yes. robot. Otherwise, she'd have to go back to her dimension alone. Oh. I didn't get the feels from that moment, but I guess I'm the only one. <laughs> like, not major feels, but enough. <laughs> you know, and it was it was stupid. It was again stupid little things that they decided to do that made that 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 made me feel feels like having the robot's eyes change three or four times to like essentially give a message. Like sad face, I'm not gonna make it. Heart heart eyes because I love you. <laughs> it's like a Tamagotchi. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> and then. And at that moment, I thought the spider... I actually thought the spider was going to be done, too. So when the spider comes out, it like, I was like, whew. It's like Baby Groot. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's okay now. That's a good point. It's like Baby Groot. Very much so. Very, very much so. Outstanding soundtrack. So good. Yeah. yeah. Downloading this on Spotify. Yep. Didn't... I, I, not not my genre. Same, but it not works my genre, so well but in the just, movie. Again, talking about like moments where this movie sings, when they, they hit the soundtrack beats to... Just the right, just the right song for the right moment. It is to the point where certain beats literally go with what's going on in the scene. Yeah, like there's that wonderful scene where Miles has uh, Peter B. Parker, yes, yes, Uh, and Peter B. Parker is knocked out, and they're swinging through the streets. Oh my god! And they're bouncing up and down, hitting cars, and it's going along with the beat to the song, and it was brilliant. Some kid dressed like Spider-Man dragging a homeless corpse. <laughs> that was the line! That was the line? That was oh, the line I was oh. going to put in. Oh, The podcast that's just like Spider-Man dragging a homeless corpse. Yeah. The body, kid. That's so dark. <laughs> the podcast that looks like a, a child's... Uh, the podcast that looks like a child just as Spider-Man dragging a homeless corpse. That's what the line was going to be. Thank you. You're welcome. At least I remember it now. It would have been long, but it would have been so worth it. We can edit this now. We have the technology, but am I not lazy enough? <laughs> Meh. No. Still not lost. I would have. Sure. You're absolutely <laughs> right. But I just loved that. I thought that one was hysterical. That was good. Um, I was. I started to get 
real, real worried that they weren't going to give us the shock payoff. Meaning? So we see that he, like, I think they call it a venom shock or something like that, I think is what the term Peter B. Parker uses. Oh, okay, okay. The electricity electricity one? Because he does it the the minute that he meets Peter B. Parker. Right. At first I thought it was because of the the goober. Uh, Yeah, or or the space-time continuum thing. Yeah, or the mm -hmm. the interdimensions touching. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought it was. And then they make it down the line. They don't really mention it again. And then down the line they're like, oh, he can do this too. And I thought that they weren't, and, and they didn't do it. But... Lo and behold, because this movie is so damn good, they give it to us in potentially the best way they could have possibly done it. Could they have picked a better way for him to utilize, like, the shock? When he busts out of the... When he's webbed up in the chair? I forgot about that one. Forgot about that one. No. I'm trying to remember the moment you're thinking of. You ever you ever hear with the King, shoulder yeah, touch? With King oh, Kong. yeah. yeah. Hey, and then he shocks him, shocks him out. Like, oh, my... Oh, damn. Those are both really good. Those were both really good. Yes. But I think that shock is still technically based off of emotion, not control. Yeah. I thought we were just talking about you get the power again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, yeah. It's a a taste. Yeah. I thought he was just going to have control over it at that point. And then he goes into the whole fight. He doesn't do it through the fight. I'm like. He's probably saving it. No, it seems like a waste here. And then he uses it on Fisk. With what Uncle Aaron taught him, who was killed by Fisk. Right. But I think that was the start of the control based off the emotions. I think that's what Peter B. Parker was trying to tell him with a lot of the things. Like, you need to... Relax. Yeah, you need to relax. You need to be in the moment. You need to be... You need to accept this. Yeah. And he never did, it, whether it was fear or whatever yeah. it was. Doubt. And Stop his dad thinking. talks, and then there, it's that moment that's of... It. I accept. accept. And, yes, emotionally driven, but that was him taking control. It's the leap of faith. He has no doubt now. He's like, I can do this, I'm going to do this. The blessing from his dad. I love that scene, too, where they are, whereas Peter B. Parker is playing up Miles, like, talking about his powers and stuff. You're like, come on, kid, turn invisible. He goes, (laughs) he's like, can't do it on command. He can't do it on command. (laughs) But he can can electrically shot people. (laughs) He can't do it on command. The, the invisible thing was cool. That was a fun thing that they utilized. Yes. And I'm also really glad... I'm so sorry to cut sure, you off. Sure. But before I forget, because it does deal with the, one of the first times he figures out how to be invisible. When the two of them are running through like the lab, and Peter Parker's like, here's some great news. We don't need the monitor. And throws oh, the yeah. monitor. Because the entire time he's walking away with both the, the, the tower and the monitor, I'm like... Why is he? He doesn't is need it the monitor. An Apple computer? No. He if it wasn't an Apple computer, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have the the tower. The files uh, are in the computer. <laughs> yes, that was great too. When he finally gets the password, and he's on there. He's like, "Yo, clean up your desktop." <laughs> God, lady, <laughs> clean up your desktop. Million thumbnails. <laughs> what were those last two numbers? You don't look a day over thirty-five. 35. <laughs> it was interesting that they can't hear him when he's invisible. Or at least she couldn't, but he could. No, no, he turned the computer around. He was whispering, but then he turned the computer around. Oh, so then no one can hear him when he's invisible. I think he was just whispering and she just didn't pick up on it. Oh, okay. Because she was kind of taken taken aback by the fact that she had a Spider-Man in her office. I have a... Doesn't happen every day. I'm going to pick a nit. Go for it. Do it. plot here. Now, it's made clear to us that if 
You are not from this dimension. You're from another dimension. You cannot spend a lot of time in said dimension because you're going to disintegrate and you're going to die. It's going to be incredibly painful. Is it Gwen Stacy? No, it's not Gwen Stacy. Is Kingpin aware of this? No. He's not. I don't think so. So so Doc Ock Hmm. kept that fact from Kingpin because she just wants to use her tech? Probably. Well, we don't... At no point in the movie do we see her explicitly tell him that if they bring somebody back from another dimension that they won't stay they won't stay forever. so she's not concerned about the consequence that if he, they do successfully bring back his wife and child into this dimension that they are eventually going to disintegrate and Kingpin's probably going to kill her I think that <laughs> I think she's going to leave before that happens I think she'll either leave before that happens or she'll just be like that was only one dimension there's Yes, that would be them. my second part of it. If Kingpin Kingpin is aware, yeah, and his wife and child disintegrate, he was like, "All right, let's get another one." If Kingpin's pin is aware, I th- if she tells Kingpin, "No, they're not going to last. Like mm-hmm. they're going to die," he's still going. You have twenty four hours. Figure do it, it out. and then it's like now you have twenty four hours to make sure that they don't disappear. You have to find a way they, to... Yeah, Spider-Man people them. are telling him, like, hey, you're going to destroy everyone in this world. You're going to... He didn't care. It was just it's about what he wanted. It, it was about Vanessa. Yeah. Again, and Richard. I mean, yeah, I didn't even know he had a son. I didn't either. Was that, was that new to this I, movie? Who knows? Know. Frank! Matt, <laughs> comic book families help. are complicated and switched around. Especially the whole Through thing. many. Wolverine... There's comic books yeah. where Sabretooth is his brother. Not related. His father. Oh his gosh. son. Yep. It mixes friends like crazy. Want to do favorite, least favorite? I guess so. Sure. I got one more before we do that. Yeah, do sure. it. Yeah, so yeah. one of the... Like, this movie just had was full of beautiful details. I loved that this was a universe with Spider-Man and with Spider-Man comics. Did you guys notice that in the Spider-Man comics, Spider-Man was named Billy? Which is such a small thing. But... He's not going to be named Peter in the movie. They have his origin wow. comic, and it's it's him up on... Uh, he's going through the same thing, and he's like, Come on, Billy, you've got this. And oh my God, that's, that's a tiny little thing. Wait, which one that's is That's just brilliant. Uh, Miles is looking at the comic that is his origin story, and he's like, This is exactly what I'm going through. Don't stick, don't stick. And Spider-Man oh, okay. in the comic gotcha. refers to himself as Billy. That's a great touch. Huh. Little, because, but brilliant. there's no way Spider-Man would let his yeah, name be no. Peter Parker in this is he's not making money off those comics those yeah. comics are being made and they came up with this alter ego or <laughs> or they or they interviewed money. him and they turned him into a comic book <laughs> great Stan Lee camera great Stan Lee yeah. Say, oh yeah great quote at the end yeah, it fits every for him oh man yeah that 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 the in the in movie line hit me in the feels a bit too I know, like, because it's like we're friends. Yeah, I, you know, I know him. We're, we were, we were friends. I think is what he said. We were no, friends. Yeah, cause... and I was like, oh, that was an accident, but that that got me. Can I return if it doesn't fit? Oh, it always fits. And he sees this is sign. No <laughs> returns or refunds <laughs> ever. <laughs> Little It'll... sparkle in the teeth. <laughs> but again, going back, almost reminiscent to the the quote, the Stanley quote they put at the end. His response is, it always fits eventually. The suit didn't fit him yet because he. Foreshadowing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's still like foreshadowing. Still like, meaning. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it, but you do, again, like, it's it's one of those things that you have to reflect on. It's, it's you're not going to. 
but you're not going to <laughs> yeah, but you're not going to get that until the end of the movie and you realize it. And speaking of the suit, I love Miles' suit because he didn't make it, but he did, with, and it comes back with his street art. That all, co- all yeah. comes full circle. He that's, customized it. Yep. Yes, it's his own it's style. Awesome. And there's foreshadowing in the movie prior to that too. When he does his, when he gets the wall, mm-hmm. um, he gets expectat- He he does his expectations yeah. thing. What does Uncle Aaron do? He paint he he paints his outline and then colors it in black. Right. So like, there's that. That's another gripe I have, actually. What? Why would Uncle Aaron, the Prowler, take him that close to the machine? Because he knows about the spot. He's not expecting Miles to... And it was on the other side of the wall, right? Like, the reason Miles sees it is because the wall gets bust open. He didn't, yeah. He didn't. So he, he knows, oh, he knows you're right, right, the place. You're right, the, the, the wall gets busted. I forget but the, that being I thought said. He, I thought he just kind of like turned left and went down the hallway a little no. bit more and he was back and he no. was right there. He is like, taking a risk that Miles doesn't go back at some point, right? Yeah. Like, that's that fair, is true. The, he figures the odds that his kid, uh, his nephew becomes the next Spider-Man. Yeah, those are pretty, pretty slim odds pretty too. Slim. Those are pretty he slim odds He didn't think there was too. even going to be a spider around to bite him, so. When he just kills the spider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! Well, I don't even think he says ow. I think he just yeah, he just caps it. Yeah, that was cool. All right, I guess uh, I think I'm ready for favorite least favorite. Sure, too. yeah, let's do it. What do we want to start with? I'll I'll start. All right. My favorite is uh, Miles finding his groove right after he gets the suit. Way swinging around town. Oh yeah, so uplifting. I was like, I could do anything. If Miles can be Spider Man, I could do anything. It was really hard to pick a favorite one. There were yes, so many yeah. in contention, yeah. but I think that one gave me the greatest amount of joy, just a smidge more than the second. Fair. That's fair. The, that was that was a beautiful moment when he's on top of the roof in his now spray-painted black spider suit. Then he didn't spray-paint totally black. Almost forgot that part. That's how you know it's not like a suit that <laughs> was black because the hands were left red. Yep. Um, and you can see like what looked like spray-paint marks from, like where he stopped. Yes. A little part of me was like, why didn't you pick a suit that was closer to what you wanted? <laughs> like the one to that was like right the to the one. right of yeah. the Spider-Man outfit. I think that was, and I think I think that goes back to what Sequel was just saying, though. It's like, he needed he needed to make the suit his own. Mm-hmm. He couldn't just take that spider suit. Those suits are essentially Peter Parker. Yes, is he taking one of Peter Parker's old suits and wearing it now? Sure. Oh, yeah. No, I just meant, why not... Take, take, take one that's up. already starting closer to how he wanted yeah. it. Um, oh, God, favorite. I'm ready. For yeah, favorite. go for it. Go for it. So it's, this was incredibly tough to pick a favorite. Normally, yep. when we do movies, it's incredibly tough to pick a least like a like a least favorite part of the movie. I've really never had this much trouble picking a favorite part. The part I was the most on the edge of my seat for, and was just like amazed at what I was seeing, is the fight over the goober. In Aunt May's house, between the henchmen and like oh, the cool. spider crew mm-hmm. in action, just the way I shouldn't even say shot, the way it's drawn. When he's coming around the corner up the stairs, and you see it from like the front perspective, I'm like, this is a live action movie. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not watching a cartoon anymore. It was just so perfect and so stunning. And it had my third choice for opening line bet was right at the start of it, where he's like, "We don't pick the ballroom, we just dance." Nope. I love that. It was really funny. Was that was that funny? That was, that's well? Nick Cage. Yeah, yep. Nick Cage has so many good lines. <laughs> he does. 
Yeah, he, <laughs> we don't pick the ball room. We just dance. <laughs> he's he's great in it. Um, it's the first time you get to see them all in action together. Uh, it, it was great, and it ends with uh, the death of Uncle Aaron, which was you know pretty, uh, tugs on your heartstrings a bit. It's an important moment. And I guess the where just missed the cut would be Peter B. Parker and Miles thwipping through the trees. That's great too. Yeah. And you see the thwip, and it's like you're getting it, kid. You're getting. It's like it's just a great proud moment, especially when you know Peter B. Parker's backstory, where he like he left or Mary Jane and him split up because she wanted kids. He didn't want kids. It's him being a dad essentially. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. Holy crap! Do I want, I want kids? kids? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Eagle. Love that you did that. Why did I steal it? Yeah. Oh. Well, sorry. It's fine. It's a great moment. It is a great moment. Do you want to piggyback then, or you want me to go? Yeah, I'll piggyback real quick. That is actually my favorite moment. Not that I, I don't thoroughly love and probably would agree with both of your guys' favorite moment. But for me, I think the moment I think the moment I realized that this movie wasn't going to make a, a downturn for the worst for me, that I was actually just in with the story and in with what was going on, and I was really, really digging the story that they were telling and how they were going to tell the story was that switch moment where Peter B. Parker is throws him one of his two web-slingers and they're sharing a, a computer tower and just thwipping through trees in the Hudson Valley and it's just... You're a natural kid. You're a natural kid. And, you know, to preempt the scene, they're on the bus... He's like, no, 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 no. We're gonna have to thwip out of there. You want to save? You want to save your legs? Like, and in that moment, it's like, you know what? Now that you say that, it does look relatively exhausting. So I get it. So I, that was that was, you know, it was really nice. Again, it was the color play of like the, the fall leaves, the fall leaves, Love and it's like all you see is this like orange and brown foliage around them, so that the red, so that the reds in both of their costumes are so vibrant in comparison. Again, just. From an artistic standpoint, this movie just does some brilliant, makes some brilliant color play choices. My favorite moment uh, may change because it heavily relies on the fact that this was my first watch, but it's pretty early on. It's from the moment Kingpin comes down and kills Peter Parker to the funeral scene. Like That's really good, yeah. That was the moment. First of all, I think that was probably, even with Uncle Aaron's death, I think that was the most emotional I got and Same. part of that was like the surprise yeah that was the moment I went from like this is gonna be a fun like cutesy kid movie with some humor to oh no they are taking risks and holy cow I was not expecting this at all I thought the Peter Parker we saw in the trailers was going to be this Peter Parker and I was blown away by that the MJ speech and Miles in the crowd going, she's talking to me. And then, of course, you get the little joke of the guy's right. like, it's I don't think she's talking directly not, to not, you. Not yeah. you specifically. Yeah, but my goodness, like, that just emotionally set me in this place where I was like, this movie's going to be way different made than the movie what I real. Yeah. 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 And, and then it, you, you know, they, they, they kind of come back to this point consistently throughout the movie that, like, Spider-Man, Spider-Man always gets up. Spider-Man always gets up. Mm. And the thing that killed the Spider-Man from this universe, Peter Parker, the, one, the, the, the thing that made him not even have a chance to get up 
Miles Morales takes that same hit at the end of this movie and gets up. Yeah. So they come, like, they do a lot of this, this little, these little subtle, like, callbacks, like, hey, this is happening, and, like, it doesn't mean that Miles Morales is better than Peter Parker, it just means that in this moment, he gets a chance to come up. I don't want to make this sound unreasonably deep, but Spider-Man always gets back up. They got a new Spider-Man. Yeah. It was like... Well, that's this... just quick to me talking about this now. Spider-Man still always gets up. Yeah. That's like... Yeah. That's just <laughs> well, heavy, and that's awesome. But even beyond the miles, like Spider-Man getting up, yeah. Peter Parker's death was a huge catalyst that we see to Peter B. Parker's redemption story. Because yes, yep. my other like close favorite is Miles holding on to Peter B. Parker as he's over the vortex and dropping him in and being like... It's a leap of faith. It's a leap of faith, that line. The fall back, the way, I guess, drawn, not shot, but it's like... Yeah, I love MCU movies, guys, but I... (laughs) This movie made me feel... This was something else. Way more than I think any MCU movie. I was thinking about your comment, like, other than Infinity War, this one has the most stakes. The only one I can think of for a Marvel movie would be the end of the Captain America, the first Avenger. Because as an audience member, we know he's not going to die, but he sure as hell thinks he's going to die. Everyone else thinks he's going to die. And the fact that him and Peggy Carter are having that conversation, I think that's the most emotional I ever got watching a Marvel movie. This is certainly right up there. I forgot about that part. He saves America from Hitler. (laughs) We can't go much more from that. (laughs) Nope, we gotta do least favorite. Let's let's bring this ship down. Talk about hard. This was even harder than... Oh my god, this was way harder. Favorite moment, I think. uh, I laughed every time Kingpin was on screen. You sure did. He's too freaking big. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. I love it too, but... And again, this is the most minor nitpicking thing I can do. It is a little distracting. I'm not supposed to laugh every time... (laughs) Dream, no. but I can't help it. And Joe can attest; he heard me every single time. And, <laughs> and I think people made me laugh. I think I caused him to laugh a couple of times too. I thought I missed something when they when he was the clicking. When he was clicking the pan oh in the film because he gets to like the fifth or sixth family portrait, and you two are just and you're laughing at us like, "What's wrong with like, you guys?" Yeah, <laughs> well, like, I, like I don't know if I like, glanced down and I like looked over at Pam for a second or what, and like I missed a family portrait. And it was like, like, "Dude, look at him." Like, if there was, like, one where they weren't dressed, like, nicely and the they were, like, baseball. big oval, yes. and he takes up the entire There's two normal-sized people, and then Kingpin is just seven how does that, of the... Okay, when the he, sun, how does the sun look like the sun does? <sighs> that mom's got strong jeans. When he's on stage at the banquet, and you see normal-sized people, and are you kidding me? <laughs> no one has a problem with this? <laughs> Wait, is it? It can't be that easy. <laughs> yep. How many that chairs easy. does it take for Kingpin to sit down? Holy crap! That's funny. Or was um, his lower body like almost normal? I think it was like nor- I don't know. This I don't oh my god! He's so distracted by the shoulders. He's got baby legs. If he has tiny little baby legs, he's he's a square. He has to have like oh. the arms kind of add to the square, but you don't have like a torso. Like his tor- his body is torso. Yeah. Like, it's got to be baby legs. How, I don't think we got much Kingpin in the trailers. I definitely. No, I don't think we got any Kingpin. Kingpin. We got yeah, zero Kingpin in the trailer. I was not expecting what we I got. Thought, Same again. I, I I thought when he was watching the movie at Visions Academy that the who it turned out being Doc Ock said the word Fisk. I thought I caught that, but I was like, Nah, nah. I'm just I'm just on like high alert Daredevil right now. <laughs> 
And then when Fisk shows up, I'm like, oh shit, she did say Fisk. Yeah, I thought the only Kingpin we were going to get was when this, there's the clip show of Chris Pine's Chris Pine Spider-Man just beating up villains like through the comic books. I had no idea Kingpin was going to be a villain in this movie. Yeah. Or such a main villain. Oh, yeah, we have to pick a least favorite thing or least favorite yeah. moment. This is it's, what I settled on. Tough. I, I almost picked yours, but in the sake of being different, mine is nitpicky too. It's the whole thing with Uncle Aaron. I like the scene. I like how it's done. I don't like his like last words. I didn't. I didn't want to let you down. Then why the hell are you an evil henchman <laughs> for the kingpin if you didn't want to let your nephew down? How did you not know that that was going to be immediately? Not something good for him. Well, I, again, I don't... Like the choice of line. Maybe. Would you maybe, have but preferred, like, I didn't want you to know the truth about me? Even that, like that. Even that would have been better. I didn't want to let you down. You're inherently letting him down by being an evil henchman for the kingpin. You're setting a very poor example. I would love to see how that came to be. They hint at it a few times with, uh... Your, your uncle made poor choices. Yeah. I think he knows. I think Dad knows that he's the prowler. I don't think he, he knows do he's the prowler. I think he knows he's a, he knows he's no good. He's, he's, he's mixed up in something something bad. Yeah, maybe it's just the way that it's just the ominous way that he's talking about. Like we know he's mixed up in some bad stuff, and he and there's nothing I'm going to be able to do in my PDNY situation to to change it. So I don't know if he just thinks that he's a a, a guy that works for Kingpin, and that's why he's untouchable, or if he knows that he's just. A bad guy in a suit, and he's definitely yeah. not going to be touchable. Like I don't know. He was. He wasn't surprised when he. Fought and that's it. exactly it. However, um, and maybe this is something like I feel like we understand, and the father understands that Miles sees his uncle. If he knew, I don't think Miles is seeing his uncle ever. Yes, that's that's a fair point. Oh, yeah. good point. And okay. I also think that is so by the book. By the law, that if he knew his brother, he would have turned him in. Yeah, we'd have no problem turning him in. Yeah. I love that line too. That, uh, Dad, do you really hate Spider Man? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's. <Spider-Man. laughs> he, he asked me. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we want to say, what honey, I think. honey, you know I hate Spider Man. <laughs> so you know how I feel about this. <laughs> but then that's followed by a, the the Peter announcement. Parker announcement, and he puts his hand over his mouth. Because he has this moment right. of like, because he doesn't really hate Spider Man. No, he has he to be a cop. With his exactly. Yeah, he has to be That's a cop and be like, yeah, yeah. The yeah little he, stuff, you know, the he, little details. It's true. He he has to be a cop and be like, vigilanteism is bad because it puts yeah. me out of work. Like, it's like Gwen Stacy's dad. Yeah, he helps, but he's going to help him clearly at the end of the movie. Like, they're going to be a team, kind of. He's just not always going to be on the same page. A lot every superhero ever. So I'll kind of piggyback off of that, because my least favorite has to do with an Uncle Aaron scene as well. And it's it's not that I... It's so hard to find it, to say, this is my least favorite, because it's not really the scene that I dislike. It's just... So it's the scene where you have the reveal. The Prowler is Uncle Aaron. I, like you guys, and I think most people our age would be like, as soon as he shows up through that window, oh, it's his uncle. I think I would have preferred him right there, open up the window, take off the mask, and just walk around the apartment and Miles have to escape. Because the whole entire time I'm going, I the reveal is done for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. now it's... Why, why would you show up to that apartment yeah. other, uh, under any other circumstances? It might have been made better if they did it, him take off his mask at the window, or we see the Prowler see him 
and chase him to the apartment. But then he would have really been looking for him in the apartment. I agree with your sentiment because my thought as that scene was taking place is like, take your mask off. Because if he doesn't yeah. take his mask off for that whole scene, which is, I was fearing the direction they were going in, we're like, alright, we all know it's his uncle. We're not going to find out for another half, half hour. hour. Yeah. You're pro- prolonging the inevitable. Only young kids were surprised when he took it off. Everybody else knew. That's a good point, though. Like, is this a movie for young kids or is this a movie for us? Both. I, yeah. I think I think the I think depth the of it. I think that the depth that you can get, I think the the emotional depth and the the conversations like the one that we're having currently, um, it, it's there for people that are adults like us. And I think that if you're ten, eleven, twelve years old and you just go in and want to see a fun Spider Man movie, you can. It's not. It's it's it has it plays both of those layers very well, and it's partially because they do have the comedy in those right spots and they're 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 making you laugh and chuckle throughout the course of the whole yeah, movie. If you're a kid I, you want to see Spider Man, you wanna laugh at Peter Parker eating hamburgers. I said <laughs> you can. I've said numerous times when we do a kids movie on this podcast that the best kids movies have just enough adult humor to keep mom, dad, adults interested. This was I think I feel like a Adult movie, I think it was that, an adult movie that kids can go see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was not like made to be like, oh, we've got to keep the parents interested. We've got to keep the adults interested. No, I think this I was... think that this is made for. Where's the target audience? Here? I think yeah. it's the other way around. I think that they made a movie that's meant for us. This is for that'll the parents. Keep the kids yeah. entertained. And the kids will be fine with it. Yeah, and, yeah but I, I mean, like sixteen and older. I think that's what they're they're shooting mm-hmm. for here. That that's their demographic for sure. And if you're eight years old and you see it, you're entertained the entire time. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Least favorite for me, I, I've come around to it a little bit since we had the conversation, but again, my only real gripe was the fact that they hinted that Aunt May was Alfred, and I don't like that. I, I totally get what you guys are saying, I, I get it, but I'm fine with Aunt May knowing, I'm fine with Aunt May helping where she can, but Aunt May to me has and will always be just a blue-collar worker living in Brooklyn, like, not... Or, I'm sorry, Queen, Bronx, Queens. 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 The school was in Brooklyn. Yes. Um, Miles just, just a, a, She was going to walk there from Queens. <laughs> so, what she's, for me, she'll always just be a woman working in Queens. Like, she's not that, doesn't have that high of an education where she can figure out how to do this stuff. I thought, never been that, you know. You're entitled to feel that way. I get it. Can I ask what would be your preferred portrayal of Aunt May then? Like, how does she play into this movie? I don't think you can check. Like, I think that the way she plays into it was right on. Um, Show them the shed, but leave them. But to I the think shed I think that I think that for me, if she hadn't been waiting for him in the cellar, if she was just in the rubbish of her house after all of the stuff, go- she just presses a button and he's like, "You can go down there." She's like the gatekeeper, not gives even him, like a key. The, the, I think she's the doing door. the exact same thing. I think she's still sitting, like she's just sitting at the kitchen table with a cup of tea. She's, well, like, she's an old woman. What, what else? No, no, she. But they in, love in tea. but in the house, she's sitting with her cup of tea. She's like, "I was wondering when you were going to show up," and then just like goes back to drinking her cup of tea. Doesn't, and then he just like walks past her. Like for me, that that's, I just you know, her turning around in the chair like <laughs> love it. Well, I so, get it. So good. I get it. It's just my thing. It's fair. I guess quick. Do we want to touch on the post credits? Okay. <laughs> I loved so it. Funny. Really, a lot, a lot of fun. Really funny. Now, prior to the '60s cartoon, yeah, are those characters supposed to mean something to us? I is don't. this a setup? 
That's uh, Spider-Man 2099. That's Miguel O'Hara. Yeah. Got it. All right. Because there was audible gasps in the theater, and I'm like, I don't know who this yeah. is. I uh, before the <laughs> finger pointing, I thought this was going to be the preview for what was to come next, which it still could be. Yeah, I, I was just uh, watching a video on Collider. The Spider Spider-Verse 2 is going to focus heavily on the Gwen... Uh, Miles' relationship. That makes sense, because that's how this movie actually ends, with uh, her finding a way to communicate with him. Yes. Which is great. Outstanding. They're going to be friends. That little love interest. I was surprised with how attractive they made Spider-Gwen look. Cartoon card. Tell us more. I know. (laughs) I get it. But that's what I mean. Like, she she had like this really... Whatever. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) They're never teenagers when they're acting in these movies. Was it the eyebrow piercing? It was the eyebrow piercing and the shaved head. Shaved side of the head. Shaved side. Yeah, that's, that's a good look. Am I allowed to like your haircut now? <laughs> I, I wish like I got it. the handprint. I don't know. <laughs> You're not allowed to like it. That, I think that, that was in contention for like a half second. The podcast that's not allowed to like this new haircut. <laughs> there were so many things in contention. For real. I thought it was hysterical, though. When they're, they're doing the meme. <laughs> You're pointing. You're pointing at me first. That's probably enough, right? Let's rate this sucker. So let's do it. If you've never... Should we just rate it once? Because I feel like we're all going to have the exact same rating. We'll, we'll do it separately. Oh, okay. That's the way the show works. Yeah, who knows? Oh, listen. How the show does work, if it's your first time, <laughs> is that we rate every movie we review with a number of Infinity Stones from 1 to 6. And if you give it 6 stones, you can also give it an Infinity Gauntlet, which is the highest score possible. Now we're going to go around the circle and let you know what we're each individually giving Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Does anyone want to volunteer to go first? Or? Sure. Okay, sequel. Six stones and a gauntlet, buddy. Nice. I love this. This was so great. As I said last week, doing Planet Hulk, which I did not like at all. I didn't care for it whatsoever. They're drawing. They can do whatever they want to do. This opens up so many possibilities. They could make a spider noir show or anything. that They, they could involve everybody back again. They The possibilities are... Endless, because they did this so flawlessly. It tugs at your emotions. It's funny. This is up there, I think, guess tied for Ragnarok with the funniest Marvel movie I've ever seen. Um, I'm going to see it again. I was going to see The Mule this week. Scrapping The Mule. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing this again. This was incredible. I really like Spider-Man Homecoming uh, with with Tom Holland. Live-action movies are limited. This might be the way to go, going forward. There's only so much you can do now, and it was just such a great film. And I'm really curious to see how this plays out in award season, because for the Academy Awards, there is a category for Best Animated Feature Film. There's no way this shouldn't be nominated. Yeah. Incredibles no 2 has a stranglehold on this and has had it for the entire year because mm-hmm. it came out months ago. Yeah. This is better than Incredibles yeah. 2, definitively. And this is Oscar season. And this is Oscar season. It qualifies. I really hope it gets at least gets nominated yeah. or mentioned. And as an avid watcher of that stupid show, I'm going to be really pissed off if it's not. <laughs> Mitch, you want to go? Sure. This movie has... The two elements that a Spider-Man movie needs. It has heart, and it has humor, and it's done so, so well. I am tempted to give this the gauntlet. I'm going to give it six stones, and that may change in the future, but I think that it merely doesn't get the gauntlet. 
And Corey, you and me talked about this last night after watching it. But <gasps> I... Sorry. I Not the ratings, not the ratings. But I don't necessarily feel as compelled to... I need to go back into the theaters and watch this as I have with movies that I would give the gauntlet to. It's amazing. That's not a diss against the movie. It's so good. Six stones. Corey, what do you got? I'm giving it the gauntlet. Um, and the only reason I'm giving it the gauntlet is... Or I should say, the main reason I'm giving it the gauntlet because I have never seen for this podcast or for a movie in ge- an animated movie in general. It is not my genre. I do not like these movies. I will never like these movies. I am in fucking love with this movie. <laughs> this movie, this movie gave me all of the hearts and feels and humor that I get out of what I feel we get out of live action movies. And they made it animated. I will go back and see this movie without question. So this gets six stones for the movie that it is, and it gets the gauntlet because it is a genre that I do not like that made a movie that I like this much. Sometimes I'm not a big fan that I go last. This is one of the times where I can save my voice and you guys can say all the great things about this movie (laughs) first that I thought, and I don't have to repeat them. I love, love, love this movie. Like I said at the beginning, this is the Spider-Man movie I've always wanted. I want to show this movie to people. I'm definitely seeing it again. Six stones and a gauntlet, no question. So good. It's going to be really interesting when we rate our 2018 new releases. This is going to change. This, this changes. This, uh, this, yeah, this, this, this game changer a little bit. Yeah, this, this I thought I had my five picked out. Yeah, me too. I, I knew I had my five picked out. Well, I know. I, I was going to... All right. Just full foreshadowing. My five, like, number five, I like to throw something in there that just to talk about it. Yeah. I can't do that anymore. Same. Eight, eight, we're kicking it out. I'll, I'll even say the movie. If Don't say the movie. I don't, I don't care. Teen Titans, bye-bye. Yep. It was, <laughs> I loved you. It I was, was going to try to put that in my five so hard. No, I can't. can't. Can't anymore. <laughs> it wasn't making my five. <laughs> we know. We well, you know. You hated the music. Yes, you did. The music was the fucking awful. It was so good. You, it was so good. <laughs> I love that movie. It was so oh, good. I went into it going, this is going to suck. Yeah, oh, it's oh, such a great No oh, expectations. It was. So, it delivered so I, hard. So it might have been the mood I was in, but I think I might have laughed harder in that movie than, the, than this movie. Well, this movie certainly didn't have the feels yeah, <laughs> that I, mean, I did. That movie Aquaman, was meant to just be funny. Aquaman, that movie had a way better soundtrack. I was listening to those songs for weeks afterwards. <laughs> oh, God. I hated that soundtrack. <laughs> Agree or disagree, Corey? Uh, I'm right. It's okay. Yeah, sure. In your head. Yeah. So those are our ratings. Shocking. They were almost all the same, so I'm glad we didn't rate it as a group. Otherwise, we would have been like three quarters of a gauntlet. <laughs> oh, guys, but... <laughs> a gauntlet with three stones. Right? Like three Infinity Stones in it? Ah, never mind. I think the sixth yeah. one had a, like a crack in it or yeah. something. I don't know. It's a little wonky. Anyway, <laughs> if you enjoyed our review of Into the Spider-Verse, if you saw Into the Spider-Verse, if there was something we didn't mention that you thought was really clever or great about it... Which seems kind of tough, but it's possible. We didn't have infinite time, so it's possible. Uh, if you want to send those to us via email, it's zthpodcast at gmail.com. Ba-ba-ba-boom. I'm glad I didn't boom there, because I would not have done that. I didn't think you were going to boom. You were right. <laughs> I gambled. Well, well done. You're, you're, you're Twitter, buddy. Are we ready for me? Yeah, I'm, I'm having Mitch go after us and plug whatever the hell he wants. Got it. You can also find us on Twitter, at ZTH Podcast. Uh, if you have a cheap Halloween costume spider suit that doesn't really fit you, but you can squeeze into anyways... 
please take a picture of yourself in said costume and send that to us on Instagram at ZTH Podcast. We're on Facebook. I don't really go on Facebook that much anymore. I find more and more people older than me that I've known from childhood are on Facebook now, and it's just weird. You're driving them away. (laughs) But we're on there. (laughs) Facebook.com slash ZTH Podcast, or search for us in Facebook, Zeros Talking Heroes. And if you're a big fan of our friend Mitch and you want to know more about his thoughts on things or where you can find more things from him, Mitch, what do you got for us? You can go to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com or search Block Party Podcast Network on your podcast app of choice and check out Dungeon Master's Block, check out the GM Showcase, check out these guys on Geek Wars, see how far they get in Season 2 and see how far... Matt gets in season one. And two. And two. two. Spoilers. Jeez. We're in the spoiler section, okay. It's fine. (laughs) It's life spoilers. It's true. And he did mention iTunes, so if you want to find us on iTunes or your podcast app, Zero's Talking Heroes, you know the name because you already listened to the episode. But if you could be so kind as to give us a five-star rating on there and a review if you're enjoying the show. And if you can't be bothered to do that, we get it. Just tell people about it. More listeners, more fun. It's like more flags, more fun, but... Less catchy. Six Flags. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Next time, we're going to be doing Aquaman. Uh. <laughs> for you all. And we also have a special holiday episode in the works that'll be coming out for yes! you. Yes! Uh, I'm not mentioning that, but the fact that Mitch is excited should give you some clue as to what it is. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode. We're going to see you next time for Aquaman and or the holiday special. And... As always, it's my job to let you know that every movie out there is someone's favorite movie. Into the Spider-Verse absolutely became someone out there's favorite movie. Undoubtedly. Upon viewing. Indubitably, Joe. That's a good word, Corey. You're welcome. I'm just going to let it play out on that. Bye. Damn it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>